Good evening, donks, and welcome to episode eight of Just Believe Radio. Tonight, we'll be talking about the big event, Bellator 300, and UFC Fight Night, Dawson versus Green. I'm Dave, and I'll be hosting tonight, along with Danger Mouse. You want to say hi, Danger Mouse? Hi, donks. And Austin. Austin. Hello? Yeah. You say hi. Ah, I did. <laughs> All right. Hello, donks. Uh, I think we'll hop right into Bellator 300, and then we'll uh, do some UFC after that, unless there's uh, any other pressing news or information tidbits you guys want to bring up. The only opinion I have on Bellator is I didn't see it, so I have nothing to say on it. <laughs> uh. All right, Austin, anything outside of those that um, you want to bring up before we get into it? Um, What happens after with the uh, Bellator purchase of Trump, uh, of Bellator being purchased by PFL or the uh, parent company, or um, what could potentially happen with their roster? Mm-hmm. You know, fighters that you would like to see, I guess, in the UFC, or you know, odds of however many stay with PFL, or fighters that would do better in the PFL versus the UFC. I guess would be interesting to talk about because hmm. we just had their 300th event. Did you listen to Coker's? Um... Post fight scrum. He was non committal on it, if I remember correctly, on what was gonna happen. Like he's keeping everything close to the chest. Uh it sounds like everything's still kinda up in the air. Yeah, I mean I think that's the thing is that nobody knows that you ask the fighters, the majority of them are kinda like doesn't you know, it's like, well shit, none of us know anything, so we're kind of like you can tell a little bit that that they're agitated. Some of them, like Johnny Eblen, wasn't a fan of it. Um, a couple of the other fighters are there. I mean, they just re-signed Cyborg for this one for this fight, and there's no. I mean, there's a plan for her to fight Liam McCourt, and then there's also ideas that they are looking to either run them separate. And there's 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 reasons that you could possibly want to do that. Uh, if you're trying to just keep them separate, but then kind of just do the cross promote kind of situations like they Bellator was already doing with Ryzen. Um, it'd be interesting to see what the possibilities could be. I mean, right off the bat, if you're just kind of trying to do both of them, you I'd imagine it's because you have contracts negotiated, you know, TV deal broadcasts that they have to kind of keep committed to. Um, probably to help run out some of the other contracts that they didn't want to use or pay for maybe because they paid it. I think the number was, is that Bellator is valued at 500 million. And mm-hmm. if I had told you that, would you guys had said that number with, if the valuation was there? I wouldn't argue it. I wouldn't have said it was 500 million. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, it'd be something to kind of think about or discuss. That that other than that, you know, there's not much else that was going on besides, uh, you know, Dylan Dennis potentially pulling out, but then not being actually pulling out, even though we don't know because, goddamn it, it's Dylan Dennis. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. That's about it. 
So who are some Bellator fighters you'd like to see to go go to the UFC and uh, some that you'd like to see go to like a, a PFL type organization should that happen? Um, if Islam doesn't move up, I would like to see Us- uh, Usman go to the PFL and kind of reign over there. That would be interesting to see him and Olivia Abunrasieh uh, or OAM mm-hmm. compete against each other, both predominantly being kind of like a, uh, Usman in his uh, most recent fight against Premise. He looked a little lackadaisical, not super sharp, a little more defensive. I don't know if you guys agree with that, but it, it seemed like he was just like, I'm here to win. I'm not trying to risk anything. Yeah, clipped a little bit, but he predominantly. Well, yeah, won we'll the talk match. about that when we get into okay. the fight card. Right. Right. Yeah, but uh, Usman for sure. Usman for sure would be in PFL if he if uh, Islam doesn't eventually move up or retire. Because he's only twenty five. That'd yeah. be fun to have him in there. Um, there's a couple others, but I'll let you guys kind of you know speak on that one real quick. Um, I guess if uh, you got Usman, I think I'd probably go with um, Yaroslav Amosov. Uh, no, and I would send him right to the UFC and like to see what he can do. He's looked better and better, and I'd like to see him against some of the best in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. So, I don't know. <clears throat> Are you very familiar with the uh, Bellator roster? You can get, you know, Ryan Bader. You can have Ryan Bader on your team, Danger Mouse. Funnily enough, I was going to say Ryan Bader is the only one I can think of. So, off the PFL with Ryan Bader, I guess. He's already had a <laughs> He probably you know, he could actually probably win that. Yeah, yeah I'll say so. get in the million dollar tournament. Yeah, what the hell? Why not? Yeah. Well, Linton well, Vassal. Like Linton Vassal was supposed to fight him, but I guess that that whole you know catastrophe of him not being licensed, and then I I believe that was the case, and then they couldn't find an opponent that. Paramount was willing to pay for, I guess, so they just scrapped the fight altogether. And um, it'd be interesting to see Litton Vassil as a heavyweight, not inside the UFC, but in you know the PFL. Uh, yeah, it'd be nice to see him get paid too, because that dude's been fighting for a while too. Oh, all the bantamweight division, all the bantamweight division, either going to the UFC or just being absorbed into the PFL and then having a bantamweight division. Yeah. That'd be interesting. All right. So with that, let's move on to the uh, Bellator 300 card itself. Um, I wasn't really too interested in the prelims. Do you have anything from the prelims, Austin? It's Bellator. I looked at some of the salaries there. And uh, some guys fighting at 5 and 5. Some guys at 10. if I'm not mistaken, the majority of those cards, I don't think any of them got over $50,000, if I'm not mistaken, for the undercard. But just, yeah, yeah. I guess that's normal, you know. Yeah. All right, so um, since we don't really care about that, the undercard, <laughs> uh, it's nice. Like, five, five, five's not the worst for a Bellator undercard. A lot of these guys have terrible records. Or they're, like, brand new. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, I, I'm mistaken. I was mistaken. There is a couple that are like 50, 60, and uh, 75,000. Uh, they had somebody that was, oh, where is it? Five and five. 
she was five thousand to win, five thousand to show the opening fight. Uh, Jackie uh, Cataline uh, versus Lorraine Santos, and uh, mm-hmm. the fighter who showed up, who was to show five thousand dollars, beat the thirty-five thousand dollars fighter. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, she got a five thousand dollar win bonus. Yeah, <laughs> funny, funny. Uh. All right, so we'll just get right into the uh, main card. Um, starting off with uh, Liz Carmouche versus Lima Lay McFarlane. Uh, you have thoughts on that fight, Austin? Lima Lay just the whole weight thing kind of threw her off. You could tell she wasn't ready. I don't think mentally for the fight. She was in there. She was trying. I mean, but Liz just looked like she was just her big sister. Legitimately didn't really get affected by most of the strikes and then just was eating whatever Alima Lay threw at her. I mean, it was hard to kind of tell, but it looked like just Alima Lay just didn't look like she was there mentally. I don't know if that was because of the weight miss. I don't know if it's because we didn't see her perform to her best because of this being potentially her last fight or whatever was going on. Um, she hasn't been there mentally for a minute. So her fighting her best friend, <laughs> I, I don't know to you guys, it just kind of looked like they were sparring for a minute and then the injury came and it didn't even look like she even threw the kick that hard. She just kind of like planted her leg and it hit at the right angle, caused the injury and that was it. Like <laughs> it, it was kind of a shitty end of the fight, you know? <laughs> it just it just didn't look like the 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 higher level fight that you would see from both women uh previously interesting uh i actually thought that uh mcfarland actually looked good um besides all the stuff going on um i thought she actually won round one surprisingly with her strikes like she was kind of tagging liz Carmouche up and um like she was kind of putting it on her, like not really hurting her, but landing a lot more. And I agree with you said the, about like the volume. St- she had the volume. I just I don't think it was. It just didn't look like it was super effective on Liz. It might have just been more like. No, no, I don't. I don't yeah. think it was super effective at all. But I think it was enough to get the round because Liz landed a couple leg kicks and stuff. It didn't have that much success. But uh, you know, I thought that they were really going to go at it. But for the most part, it looked like almost a sparring session from uh, Liz Carmouche's side. And she was definitely the big sister in the scenario. And I think uh, McFarland said that herself. And she mm-hmm. almost felt like she was sparring or didn't want to hurt her. And um, later in the fight, does. like in the second... What's that? <laughs> the one time she she's like actually throws a strike, you know, ends up hurting her. Well, she was beating up her legs from like round two on. Like... I mean, uh, Carmouche just went all in on attacking the leg, and uh, I was kind of freaking out the whole time, like, wanting McFarland to at least try changing stance or something. Like, I thought maybe after round two, she wouldn't come out for round three because her leg was so damaged up. Like, she was almost bouncing on one leg, putting all the weight on her back leg because her leg was busted up so bad in the whole rest of the fight. I mean, I thought McFarland tried with her striking and some takedown attempts, and... uh she actually looked good. It was just, uh, you know, the big sister thing. And then uh, her leg was just gone from, like, round two on. Mm-hmm. And rounds three, four, and five, Carmouche was attacking it. And eventually it just uh, kind of gave out. But 
she was basically on one leg from like round two and a half on, and I was impressed with uh, how she actually fought and disappointed with how Carmouche fought. Like she didn't want to hurt her and just decided to like fuck her leg up. But um, kind of weird how that works out. <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't for the title for uh, McFarland, anyways. And I don't think uh, McFarland expected to win. Like before the fight, she was talking about after parties and. You know, I I think she kind of expected to lose, but I think she went in there and actually did give her all. Like, I don't think she's normally a decent striker at all. And not that she looked like a decent striker, but she landed some stuff early in the fight. And I think a lot of fighters would have quit from that leg pain. And uh, she just fought through. And uh, that's a fight IQ. That, I don't think that fight IQ showed up. Um... Because if she, she should have at least been able to adjust, if not at least look for alternatives, but neither here nor there. Well, I think maybe she can't fight. Like she must not be able to fight opposite stance or something. She like never even tried until the very end. Which is amazing, considering that she was a champion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think she used to win with her grappling a lot. Yeah, that didn't seem prevalent in this fight. <laughs> yeah. Two predominantly grappler uh, heavy, uh, grappling heavy fighters. <laughs> they just cancel yeah. it out. It's fine. So that was a fight. Uh, next, we'll get on to uh, Chris Cyborg versus uh, Kat Zinganu. Um, I'll go ahead and get us into that a little bit. Uh, Chris Cyborg basically beat the shit out of Kat Zinganu. And I was, I mean, people were saying that you know, she's not the same as she was, and, you know, the competition isn't the same. But I actually thought, even though she murked her, she looked really good and is actually improving her skills. Like, Kat got in good on a couple uh, takedown attempts, and every single time, Cyborg would crack her on the way in and just kind of, like, smother her down. But, like, her timing was excellent. Like, you know, with the uppercut, kind of like uh, Derek Lewis versus uh, Curtis Blades, like, on the way in, she didn't have the power to KO her, but every time, she'd crack her on the way in and, like, shove her down. And her takedown defense and uh, her striking and everything was very impressive, considering. And I think she maybe hasn't fallen off that much. And uh, it was a good yeah. stoppage, overall impressive performance, I think. Uh, what do you think, Austin? Um, I don't know, man. Like, it, am I supposed to be impressed, like, with um, Cyborg's performance over a former Bantamweight who, in her like time in the UFC basically just was a hit or miss in her last couple of fights before coming over to Bellator where she looked kind of decent, but just not impressive in her performances against lower level competition. And again, it is women's featherweight that she's now competing at, which wasn't her weight class um, inside the UFC, but had been, you know, hit or miss with Bantamweight and featherweight inside the UFC. Well, she so was always a big 35 or two. Like yeah, she had so problems was, making weight. Well, I mean, she she always made the weight though. So yeah, but you know, it was a it was a big struggle for her. Yeah, I'm fair. I mean, you're not cutting a bunch of weight and you're doing it all in fight week. It's not ideal, you know. But she had some health issues uh, during that time. Neither here nor there. She's here in Bellator, and it it took two years for this fight to even happen. Now we got it, and. It is what it is. I mean, it, 
does this fight do anything for you? Did it do anything for you? Like when it was announced and it was finally booked and it was finally happening, you know? Yeah. I'm a cyborg fan. I, other than like, cause the, the thing that I would say is like, it would be more interesting for us to see her versus Larissa Pacheco or Kayla Harrison. But, but that's not even an option. It may be in the future. But in the future, it's not right now. It's like, I'm, yeah, I was she excited. wasn't even signed completely a year ago. She went to go box. I'm she not left sure. Her contract. About that. Yeah, she, I, she did. She was recently Bellator signed to a matching right. Like, they have matching rights and shit. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to get into all that here. <laughs> but, <laughs> all right. I'm just saying, man. It just, it didn't, this fight didn't do anything for me. I was much more excited to see her fight a cat Zingano than like Arlene Blanco or fucking. Yeah, but that's Liz the thing. Is like, it, it's like Liz Carmouche. It, I'm sorry, not Liz Carmouche. What am I saying? Uh, it's Kat Zagano. Like, it's it's not like Kat had a belt coming into this. You know? And no. it's not even... It's not like... It'd be more interesting to see if if it happens, like someone like a Jermaine Durandamine or a Holly Holm coming over to Bellator. Maybe it's a different story. But even then, you know... Yeah, I think I'm just more disappointed in the fact that this is all we can have, and it's it's fine. Cats, cats in her forties at a at a you know relatively shallow weight class, anyways, and it's not like they're they're facing the top talent to begin with to get to Cyborg. It's you know, I mean, hell, Amanda uh, or um, Sarah McMahon just got handled by Ma, uh, uh, Leah McCourt and it's like okay well that's the other person she seems like a decent fighter too so it's like all right I guess that's who we're looking at next did you know Leah McCourt look impressive against Sarah McMahon I think she just beat an older Sarah McMahon who was 43 you know that's what I'm saying it's like it if she was fighting somebody else I'd have more excitement for it that's all yeah that's all and it, it sucks that I, I have to say that I like it I like you know Katzengano, but she just she's kind of there now. She never really improved on her striking or her grappling. She just always had it, and it's you know, like your 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 alternative is to make Sarah McMahon fight Katzengano. Like no one's gonna really watch that to begin with, and it's the same as like old heads in the UFC where it's like, all right, well I guess they're old names. Let's guess we should match them up. You know, you know you were right. You were right. I called. I said she was uh, not going to show up. I thought she was going to be, you know, showing up like not there, ready for this fight against Cat. And you know, she proved me wrong. I'll, I'll give her that. She she definitely showed up and she looked impressive. I'll say that. All right. So now let's get on to the uh, main event: uh, Usman Nurmagomedov against. Uh, I can't remember this guy's name anymore. Brent Primus. Pretty fight. Brent Primus. Man. That's how boring that shit was. I forgot the dude's <laughs> name. Like, and you stopped at the show with it. <laughs> yeah. Like this is, I mean, a semifinal for a tournament that probably won't even get finished. Um, you know, I went in here thinking Usman was the future. He's ultra impressive and stuff. And he went in there, and I think he fifty forty fied him, and he won pretty easily and mostly dominated, but. I mean, it was a safe win. He fought safe, and he got a safe win. And it's like, you don't know if the tournament's going to continue for that million dollars. Other organizations might have your eye on you. Like, you might be available. 
you need to go in there and put a stamp on it and make yourself like more marketable. Like you should have went in there and got nasty and made like a story and made yourself more valuable. And he just went in there and got the safety win. I think he was capable of so much more. So I think it was a disappointing performance. What do you think, Austin? Well, damn, I didn't think uh, Dana White showed up. <laughs> I thought, yeah, this uh, contender series or what? No, he did the smart thing. He did the smart thing. You don't know what the future of the uh, the organization is. Why risk risk getting injured or possibly, you know, getting caught uh, and losing? He kept his belt. He got the win. And regardless, he's still a champion. That holds weight. That I'd rather, I, if I'm coaching Usman, if I'm Javier Mendez, I'm telling him, don't get careless. Don't, you know, don't try to do any over-the-top shit. We're literally here to win. We have a tournament final that we're either expected to go to, which is up in the air at this point, like you said, Dave, because we don't know what the future holds because Scott Coker was not committal on anything past 301 or maybe even 302. So, look, regardless of what happens, he's still the champion. And Bellator has been doing this as of late where they put champions into tournaments and the belt can change hands. And then you still have the tournament final that you're, you still get, you know, to have an opportunity. at. So he still keeps his belt. He's in the final. Now it doesn't matter what happens after this. It, he can still, if he, if he goes and he's offered an opportunity to go on to the UFC, he'll take it regardless of who he takes the match up with, he's going in as a Bellator champion. So I would prefer my fighter. Yeah, he certainly didn't help his value at all, though. Like I don't think it matters at that point, because regardless, he's still the champion going into either promotion. He, they, still, they still negotiate uh, for um, better pay if you uh, come in with a belt. And a standing champion usually gets a better opportunity to negotiate. Yeah, I think it just looks better entering negotiations if you're coming off a slam dunk performance rather than just kind of a whole hum. Say, no, I, under- I understand that. I think it's the whole, we don't know what's happening next, so why am I going to go out of my way? Because like you said, the tournament final could be over. He could be healthy now, taking on a fight uh, next, uh, 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 next uh, quarter, basically ready to take on whoever's available and then be ready uh, after Ramadan. So... If I'm him in his corner, I think he did the right thing. Is it ideal? No. He's taking on a guy who only fights once a year to begin with. Just do mind your P's mm-hmm. and Q's, get the win, get the victory, um, and then just be ready for whatever's next. It, it could be short notice too. So, I mean, it, it doesn't help that Bellator pushes these tournaments out over a year, which it should just kind of be shortened to a year flat. At a bare minimum, the guy should be fighting at the final by a year end, by a calendar year. Because otherwise, no one's going to pay attention. Well, I mean, hell, this tournament, I think, what, uh, the Bantamweight tournament and the Featherweight tournament were, like, just forever ago, you know? And they were able to get a lot of their tournaments with the heavyweights and light heavyweights finished relatively quickly. But it also depends on the timing and the, um, the placement that they put the fights on. Because sometimes they don't even bother to put all the fights on one card. They might just spread them out. So it's like, there's no consistency to how they're playing the tournament. And then on top of it, you also don't know what their future is. So Usman did the right thing, regardless yeah. of how it ended, I think. All right. I suppose that's a reasonable take. Uh, 
with that, let's move it along to the uh, UFC Fight Night Dawson versus Green fight card. Uh, let's start out on the prelims here. It looks like uh, J.J. Aldridge uh, beat Montana De La Rosa by decision to uh, open the card. Uh, you have any thoughts on this, Ginger? Uh, no, it was pretty emphatic um, win for Aldridge. Um, I think I did pick against her, which obviously annoys me. Yeah. Um, but looking at the score, it was thirty twenty-seven on all the re- all the refer- judges' uh, cards. Nothing to complain about there. Uh, I didn't, as it happened, just as the card started, I ended up on the phone with a friend last night. So uh, I did, I was only half paying attention to the most of the prelims, to be honest. So yeah, looked like looked how she got the job done. No complaints. Well, you picked a good uh, undercard to be on the phone on for the most part. what about you austin um i picked montana i'm pretty sure and i assumed that jj aldris wasn't going to be able to deal with her slightly better athleticism and i was wrong montana didn't have any um answers for for striking jj looked good i mean she didn't look impressive but she looked good she just looked she kept the consistent pace she kept uh uh her uh, hands flowing more often than not with counter shots and um i think the only thing would be is that if she picked up the pace a little bit more she probably could have put on a little bit more damage and probably finished her but again you know just get the win it's okay you don't have to go out of your way it's the prelims you're the opening fight of the night you know you can be exciting you know but if you're just trying to get the win to get onto your next fight and hopefully get through your contract and then go from there, she did the she did the thing that she needed to do. Just win first. Win first beyond anything else. And um, the uh, Usman Nurmagomedov plan to ultimate success. Well, at this point, I mean, she's not losing. She's not walking away with half of her paycheck. Mm-hmm. So I'd be the first thing I would say, but. You know, yeah, if she wanted to get a little bit more um, notoriety in the UFC, that does matter more. But at the same time, you also have your full check, you know. Um, yeah. Good for her. Good for her. Yeah, I actually enjoy uh, J.J. Aldridge fight. Like, she doesn't look like it, but she can kind of scrap. And, you know, th- her fights, like, aren't exciting. But they boring either. And... It's just a fun watch normally. <laughs> I don't know about the it's corner like the, uh, decision though. I I didn't think those looked good on her. <laughs> really? No, nah, I mean it was an interesting choice. Yeah. Maybe it's I don't just remember it's really pale. I, I think it's just because of the pale skin. I don't think it worked. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to investigate and get back to you later. Yes. All right, so let's move up to the card to uh, Coiling Aori, uh, decision Johnny Munoz. Um, as far as I know, this was just kind of a fight. <laughs> Austin, do you have anything? <laughs> um, this one was kind of funny because it just looked like they were, you know, Munoz didn't know how to answer more often than not. Uh, I think it's, I think you say uh, Alake. Or I, I, I'm probably butchering that, but yeah, no, he just was the bigger, you know, more, more well-rounded 
I should I shouldn't say well rounded. He was the bigger fighter and the more aggressive fighter, but not much to you know write home about. It was a fight. <laughs> yeah, it was a fight. All right. Yeah. Any thoughts on that fight, Danger Mouse? Not that I've already been said. Yeah. Like I, said, I didn't pay the very much attention at all. So. All right. So let's move up to the card where Vanessa Demopoulos decisions uh, Kanako Murata. Maybe. Uh, mm. Yeah, it looked quite controversial, to be honest. Yeah, I thought that too. Even Vanessa seemed surprised that she'd won. She yeah, and I think she got 30-27 yeah. on all three scorecards or something. Yeah, what, sorry? Some kind. I think she got like a 30-27 on all three scorecards. No, it was 29-28 on all three. Oh, okay. Well, what was the I'm not upset you- about it. Well, what was the scores? Do you have them officially, uh, round by round? No, I don't have them round by round. I, 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 I'm going to be honest. I thought it was the the second and the third. I may be getting that wrong. Um, may have to look back at it. But, like, she was, even though she was undersized, uh, you said it was, uh, well, Demopolis basically just tried to use her athleticism. She wasn't the better striker, per se. She just hit a little harder. And... She wasn't dominating the grappling game, so I don't know what the judges were looking at that gave her, like, maybe it was just the stand-up, because she did swell um, her opponent's eye. Uh, was it Murata? So, it was just, I thought it was a bad decision. <laughs> it was just weird. I didn't think it was uh, that close. You can give it to Thermopolis. But, again, uh, it's not like a... Not gonna like it's gonna end uh, Murata's uh, career. Are we getting tired of that post fight celebration? <laughs> well, I am. I mean, <laughs> what yeah. do you think, she's gonna injure someone. What you do know? you think? Well, it, it's just it's it's over. It's overdone now. <laughs> yeah, she needs something. Yeah. She needs a new move. I don't think she's gonna hurt DC, is she? And not Joe Rogan either. They're both jacked as fuck. So yeah. I don't know. Sometimes when you get up to our age, you sneeze the wrong way and you're fucking injured and shit. So. Oh well, yeah, there is that. Well, I mean, if you're talking about Daniel, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's get up to the next fight. Uh, Nathan Manas beats the shit out of Mateos Mendoza. Uh, Mendoza. Uh, really good performance from Nate Manas. I think a lot of people were sleeping on him. He was an underdog. I don't think they realized it was uh, both fighters uh, going back down to going down to 125. So the weight cut was going to be hard on both of them. And uh, Nate's only recent losses are to like a couple of Russian killers. So I think people really slept on him. I thought it was a hell of a performance. He kind of I don't remember if the other guy went for the takedown, but it got to the ground. And he just beat the shit out of him like. The guy was going for a weird leg lock, but he had, like, both of his legs, so he, like, really wasn't going to get it. And then he just fucking smashed the guy in the face while that was happening, and then he gets in, like, a stat guard, and, like, I think he knocked him out and brought him back, too, for a second with, like, some hellacious ground. Oh, no, he did. Then, uh, he did. He did. He was out, and then he woke him back up and then knocked him out again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hell of a performance from uh, Nate Manass. Uh, what did you, did you see this one at All Danger? Yeah, sorry. Uh, obviously, I was very disappointed because I had uh, Mendoza or whatever, however you pronounce his name. <laughs> yeah. 
It's like, what the hell are you doing, man? You're getting sla- smacked in the face. And those body shots as well that were landing at one point when he was trying to uh, bend over, trying to get his heel hook in. It was getting, mm. his ribs were getting absolutely lit up with, I don't know, the old bottom fists or whatever the hell he was hitting with. But they looked painful. And uh, they certainly distracted him from getting his, um, you know, his ankle lock or whatever he was after at the time. Yeah. But, yeah, so not an exciting fight, but what can you do? Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you, Austin? So my whole thing was I didn't understand why a 5'10 dude would be cutting down to flyweight. I mean, mm-hmm. he's not he was not a small man. And, I mean, granted, he was fighting a newer uh, fighter. But even then, it's like their records aren't too far apart. I mean, uh, to me, it felt like it was a jujitsu guy who was – who the minute he kind of gets committed to the ground, he's one dimensional in aspects of fighting. Like if he's standing, he's standing. If he's grappling against the cage, he's going to grapple against the cage. Maybe do a little dirty boxing, maybe do a little like trip, you know, here and there. But if he's on the ground, he's going to commit to the ground. And he, uh, he tried to sell the, um, the, the submission for the ankle, but he had no idea how to get to it because he was constantly getting hit and he didn't know how to react to that. And it showed, I mean, he literally was just not defending his face. And by the time he was defending his face, he was already getting knocked out. So it did like, it was just kind of poor fight IQ. Whereas Nate was just calm. He was, he was fighting a guy with lesser experience, obviously. And he was able to get the win. I just don't know why he needs to be at flyweight when he had a decent, decent record at phantom weight. But again, it, Maybe this is what he wants with his career. Who am I to tell him? I, if I was his coach, I'd probably tell him to go back up to 135 and not have to worry about cutting weight, be healthy for the fight. Um, he's a big dude. I don't know if this is going to be a long-term thing, so he's trying to probably get a really easy path to the title, which at flyweight, that makes sense. Um, so if it's not for the title, I definitely would recommend him take uh, the band weight. But if, it's, if he's looking to fast-track himself to the title shot, why not do it at flyweight? If he can make the weight healthy without looking like a goddamn skeleton, sure. But I'm not going to hold my breath for that. Yeah, like I think, I don't know, he was doing well at 135 before Umar. I think uh, maybe he just took that loss, maybe felt out-muscled or something went down, but maybe he didn't realize at that time how special Umar might be. And just because you lose to him doesn't necessarily mean you have to change divisions. I think he might want to. I agree he might want to revisit that, but he looked good uh, yesterday. Yeah, I mean, against a lower-level opponent, but neither here nor there. It'd be interesting to see him against the top 10 of the division. Yeah. All right, so let's move on to the next fight. Uh, Carolina, Kowalkiewicz, decisions, uh, Diana, Belbita. Decent performance, I thought. thought Carolina's best moments kind of came from like these weird punches from the clinch and shit. Uh, nothing really happened exciting that. That might have been the 3027 uh, car where everyone gave it a 3027 that I was thinking about. That seemed yeah. kind of weird. It was one sided. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that was just another uh, straw weight fight. Nothing great. Um, yeah, I don't really have much on it. Uh, you got something for us, Austin? Dude, it's Carolina. Be happy she won, dude. She's dude, I'm getting tired of Carolina. Oh, my God. 
being a fucking she normal like, person and not being an asshole and be happy for her. Just be happy. She's on a four fight win streak. Why does she have to cry after every fight? It's what? like the equivalent of like she's jumping on people like winning. messing with Monopoly. She's, like, she's 37 it's really fighting these younger time. dudes. Or after younger every kid. fight. Oh my God. That's what she's doing. Oh every my fight she's trying to and I'm I'm not just, running anymore. No, just let her just let her have it. You don't have to be a fan, just let her have her moment. That's it. She won. Let her have it. <laughs> no. I'm happy that she won. Good for her. What about her she, performance? I wasn't impressive, but there's another solid win against a low level fighter. It's the same thing we said about, you know, the, the girls in Bellator. Realistically, she shouldn't be winning against these girls. These girls should be beating her, but she's Managing to keep to a game plan that's allowing her to stay in the, in the winning column. That's fine. Just get wins. Just get wins. That's all that matters. Because eventually you might get an opportunity at a title fight or a title eliminator or even an interim title. Eventually you will get close enough to be a contender. Right now she should be a contender considering where the strawweight division is. But even then, it's fine. Like let her have this moment. Let her have her victories. Maybe even give her someone that's like closer to the bottom of the top 10, top 15 if she's not even there. Just let her get the wins because she's probably not going to have another win streak after this. All right. Uh, you got anything on this, Danger Mouse? Nope. Next subject. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll move on to the uh, main card opener. Uh, Bill Algio. Uh, Decisions. Alexander Hernandez. Uh, Bill Algio has a pretty good performance. I'm not sure 145 is the right weight class. I'm not sure any weight class is the right weight class for Alexander Hernandez in the UFC. But um, solid performance from Bill. I think Alexander got hurt pretty bad a couple of times. Um, good win. Uh, I'm not sure what's next for Alex or Bill, to be honest, but a decent fight, nothing exciting. Good win. Uh, Danger Mouse? Yeah, as you said, um, a very solid performance by Algio. Uh, took it 30-27 again on all three uh, referees, ca- judges' cards. Why do I keep saying bloody referees? Uh, <laughs> yeah, just a solid a solid enough performance. Not exciting, particularly. Um, I think it's the only, part, only fight I didn't... <clears throat> Excuse me. Didn't I didn't rewatch it from the main card. I watched the rest of the main card today. I don't think I bothered with that one. So, uh, what about you, Austin? Uh, Bill Algeo looked like Bill Algeo fighting a guy who didn't really know how to throw anything, and when he did, he was a step behind. Um, Hernandez is kind of a power striker with a modest wrestling game, but even then, it's like he didn't really have any answers for Algeo. Um, this probably won't move Algeo forward. It'll probably it's more like a sidestep because Hernandez literally had a win at lightweight against Jim Miller, and for some reason he took this fight. Um, I think I think the thing with Hernandez is this: is that you give him a short notice fight, he doesn't have to overthink the fight. He just shows up, fights, and whatever happens happens. He's probably more likely to win because I think that Jim Miller fight was last minute, and his initial UFC fight against uh, Benil Dariush was a last-minute replacement fight. So, in my opinion, you keep him at lightweight. You don't you know, um, keep him on the shelf too long. You just throw him in when you need a fight more like a month out. You could probably do better with that. And he's not cutting a ton of weight. And, I, again, he probably is 
he's probably a decent fighter. He just doesn't have the rhythm nor the coaching staff that you would need to get him back on track. And granted, he's young enough to still kind of fix some of the stuff he's doing. But at the same time, he's either got to learn now or he's probably going to get let go and probably learn on the way out that you need to kind of adjust your fight game and your game plans. Because God forbid, I mean, you can't learn in the UFC. You can't do that. Like you have to learn before you get there. And by the time you get there, that's when you kind of apply it. You know, I think that's a pretty interesting take about short notice. Alex Hernandez not overthinking things and being able to perform better. That's pretty good. Yeah, listen, just a thing I've noticed. He does better when he's taking things last minute or at least a short time out. All right, so let's move up to the next bout. Uh, Drew Dober KOs Ricky Glenn uh, at 236 of round one. Um, Austin, I heard a chuckle from you. Why don't you uh, give us your thoughts <laughs> took, on this? I took Glenn. I thought Glenn would bring a little bit more fight, but apparently that wasn't the case. Uh, Drew Dober's back, man. Good for him. Get another win. And his uh, wife and his baby were there. That was cool. Interesting. But um, Baby said MMA are cool. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> well, you said it was cool. I. It was a... Well, so... Here's the thing. Maybe him being a dad is going to make him a better fighter. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I think it was a dad. So you're saying him. babies at MMA shows is cool? Well, they're not going to know the difference. <laughs> UFC 300, all babies. Well, you, know, you get Michael Chandler with his kids, is, you know, Connor with his kids, John Jones with his kids. Uh, after he beats Stipe, possibly. I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's a good idea. It'd be like a family day, like a company picnic at UFC 300. And all, all violent scenes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about you, Danger Mouse? Do you have any uh, thoughts on this fight? Yeah, I, I, quite a fan of uh, Drew Dober. Uh, I, I remember uh, his fight against Bobby Green, where I picked him purely because he was, t- I think, I figured he was tough, tougher than uh, Bobby Green was. Uh, but yeah, uh, nice. I mean, there's not much you can say about it. It was too. Oh, well, I will dead wrong you live on air because it was two forty six of round one that it was knocked out. But <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> Wikipedia or Google failed me. <laughs> Close enough. I'm on MMAfighting dot com, so that's, you can blame them. All right, that's where I am anyway. Uh, so yeah, uh, very solid performance by Drew. Not really much you can say about it, you know, when it takes him less than two and a half minutes to knock the other guy into next week. Very dangerous left hand. Uh, the guy just couldn't answer it. And once he tapped him a couple of times, that was it. Good night, Vienna. Next fighter, please. Yeah, I think uh, Ricky Glenn's a former featherweight. And so I'm pretty sure I did feel like there was a size difference in there. And I felt they used, they're... They used to mm. train together when they were uh, younger. Oh, really? Mm. Yeah, yeah, that was the thing. Oh, sorry, I'm, I'm misreading. Uh, Drew Dober might have said that they were on the same card together when they started in the, with the UFC. That might be what I'm thinking of. But yeah, so they're roughly very much the same age. Yeah, I think the, uh, I think they're kind of similar skilled, but like Drew hits a lot harder, and I think there's a size difference there. And uh, Ricky Glenn's still kind of built like a bigger featherweight, and. Uh, I think all those things just played into Drew's ability to get it done. 
And I want to say he has the best chin in MMA. Maybe not the strongest <laughs> chin, but uh, shout out to that thing. And now we'll get on to uh, Joaquin Buckley getting a decision over Alex Morono. Uh, Danger, you want to lead us off on this one? Yeah, this was quite nice. Uh, Buckley's return <laughs> to 170. Uh, obviously, uh, 185 obviously caused him a lot of trouble. I know he had that fantastic first, well, I can't remember if it was his first fight, but that ridiculous uh, flying kick kind of thing, whatever, however you describe it. Um, and that made him out to be something that I guess that he wasn't really at the time. I, if I remember right, didn't he go to quite a wrestling uh, core for quite a few fights? And now he's dropped way, if I'm right there. It looks like he's back on the striking. Uh, and he looked, I'm not saying he's the world's greatest striker, but he looked very confident. Uh, Morono was tough, and he just wore him down over three rounds. Uh, and again, looking at the judges' scorecards, uh, it was a 2 30-27s, and one uh, guy gave him 30-26, which is probably not unfair to give that a 10-8 uh, round for the final round. Very solid performance by Buckley. I'll have to. Uh, is it's still outside the top fifteen at the moment? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. No, I'm gonna say, I was going to say I'll have to check the rankings and see what his next uh, fight might be. But yeah, good performance, no complaints. Mm. Uh, what about you, Austin? I picked Morano in this one. I just figured his uh, consistency with his uh, game plans would probably lead him to victory, but. Joaquin Buckley showed up with his athleticism and uh, not his, not so much his fight IQ, but like his ability to kind of change the dimensions of the fight, whether he was kind of blast doubling Morono or he was kind of like launching himself into a, a fury of uh, strikes. Nearly got caught a couple of times and Morono kind of stayed in there, even though he got hurt a couple of times and was put on his ass by takedowns and it, it looked like Morono was overwhelmed with the just power that Buckley was bringing, but he was still game, which is how he normally deals with it anyways. So it's, it was interesting to see Buckley kind of have to resort to actually trying other means of victory. And I was kind of impressed that he was able to kind of pull out, okay, I'm not just wrestling. I can throw hands. Although he still needs to work on it because he does that thing where he kind of twists and keeps everything tight when he's throwing. He doesn't really have the best head defense or head movement. Um, but, you know, he's a player. He's a player. If he faces a better striker who can take, you know, you know take his offense and kind of use his momentum against him, that has better footwork and has a decent grappling game, you know, or just grappling defense, he's not going to beat them at least not anytime soon. So it'd be interesting to see him kind of work on those, you know, aspects and, you know, improve on those. Maybe he shows up better with the better wrestling game plan next time we see him out and, you know, possibly work on less, you know, uh, over, over the top aggressive striking and more work on like singular power shots that can possibly, you know, put him in better, you know, positions, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I thought he had a mostly impressive performance. I thought he had a couple low fight IQ moments. Like um, he threw a couple uh, spinning uh, kicks 
that were really slow, and I think he actually paid for it on one of them when he missed, and uh, Marona might have, like, grappled his back for a second or something, like, paying for it. I think he needs to clean that stuff up. But uh, overall, I think he was mostly impressive. Like, he's so jacked at that weight class, and he went in there a lot more physical. Like, Moreno's built kind of like a... Uh, almost like a light heavyweight, but he's a welterweight. So he's like going to carry some extra weight on him. And uh, Buckley used his like a enormous physicality advantage advantage. Cause there was like one point where he does a double leg and he almost like jumps up and slams him on the ground. And I was actually worried that Buckley might KO himself hitting his face against the ground. Yeah. Like, there was did. a couple big big on What's that? He almost did. <laughs> yeah. Um, Buckley did have a nice one uh, in the third round. He got um, a light, a light kick to the groin, and uh, <laughs> the ref, the ref was going to jump in and stop it. And he was like, it just waved him straight off. He was like, no, no, let's let's keep this going. I want to finish this this guy off. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I was really impressed with his cardio, given his size too. Like he actually looked be- better in round three than two and one. It was still uh, putting some yeah, volume out there. Yeah, he certainly didn't have to leave it all in the cage. So even though I thought he had a couple uh, not the best moments, it was a good performance overall. I would have liked to see a finish, but, um, you know, Morono's tough, and uh, it was a good win. And so I guess we'll get up to the uh, co-main event. Joe Pfeiffer submits Abdul Razak Al-Hassan in uh, round two. Uh, we'll go to Austin, see what he thinks. Do you like Joe Pfeiffer? Joe Pfeiffer? Joe Pfeiffer. Be like Joe Piper. Um, dude's probably ready for someone in the top 15, but I would say just give him one more outside. Let him finish his contract, whatever, because he's talking about how he doesn't want to fight anyone in the, that's ranked unless he gets paid more. Good for him. I would hope so. Um, went from being Dana's boy to maybe the bane of Dana's, Dana's existence now. <laughs> but, uh, 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 let me stop you right there. Uh, he's still Dana's boy. Oh God! <laughs> like in the like in the post fight interview, Dana was talking about how awesome he was, and that he was like promoting, uh, like he put out a highlight package of him and how great he is. So like Dana's, even though Joe's saying that, like Dana's still all in on him. All right, good. That might work in his favor. Then good for him. Let him get paid more. Yeah. Um, but I did want to say this wasn't the fight to kind of showcase him. This was a fight that was more of a squash match than anything, and um. Razak is a jacked middleweight who got out-wrestled by Joaquin Buckley. So this wasn't impressive to me. So this was more of like um, if he can just kind of be smart about it, use his athleticism, be you know, careful with his exchanges. He got clipped once or twice, but he kind of shook it off and kind of walked through majority of the strikes that came after him. He also just uses his athletic ability and his physicality because he's a big man. He's not a small middleweight by any means. He almost looks like a goddamn light heavyweight fighting at middleweight. Um, but, you know, it's, it's it's interesting to see what he can do from here. If I was going to put him against anybody, it would be Roman Delize, the big middleweight that's athletic, not so much athletic, but, you know, a hard hitter and, you know, very capable grappler. So it would be interesting to see him actually go up against somebody that can kind of push him back and uh, give some, uh, you know, counters to anything that he has. Oh, what about you, Danger Mouse? 
Uh, yeah, I, to be honest, I hadn't really heard much about uh, Piper um, <laughs> prior to the uh, fight. I guess I must have missed him in the uh, general media noise. Uh, obviously, very very fine performance. Um, looked like he, you know, the first round, I think, I, I haven't got the official cards up, but obviously I think uh, Joe won that one and then came out the second and then started taking some of those leg kicks and he clearly didn't like that and it was time to get this thing to the ground or you know get it up to grappling and just a very nice finish yeah oh the the fun one i guess was the uh, ref uh asking the guy if he was uh, tapping at the moment he just dropped unconscious i think <laughs> yeah, yeah that was a weird one like you, he tapped with a closed fish. Yeah, I say it's closed fish. You can't really hate the uh, ref for that one. If it if it extended his hand and it had been fully extended fingers, then yeah, that's obviously a tap. But the refs these days, they don't want to get roasted, and he's not going to die if a blood chokes on for another couple of seconds. So yeah, nice performance. I guess we'll see what happens next for Joe. Um, he, he does. He does seem to be almost in these. Sean Strickland mode of fighter, uh, kind of no nonsense. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty impressive performance. Uh, he kind of big brothered him a little bit. Uh, like you yeah, said, the leg kicks were really nasty. But you know, I thought he might get a submission right when the fight first started. He looked like he had him in some kind of standing. Uh, yeah, he was, yeah, he was, no, he was, he was going for the arm triangle there. If he'd got him to the ground, uh, the commentary team were all saying, you know, if he if he hits the ground. This could be all overall very bad uh, shape for Al Hassan, but he managed to uh, wriggle free from it. Yeah, another great performance from uh, Joe Pfeiffer. I think he was big on the uh, he like he had a good performance on the Contender series and like Dana bought him a house and he's looked like a killer in his first few UFC fights, as far as I remember. Yeah, I'd heard he'd he'd been bought a house, but yeah, mm-hmm. he. He had that injury where he uh, was facing a, a solstice and uh, was out for like a little bit. Maybe I think he, let's say, I want to say here, but he, he's improved. He's gotten better every time he's gone out there. I mean, hell, he, he uh, flattened Mearshart. He's, he's shown that he's capable. The thing is, is that I wouldn't want them to kind of rush him to the title. There's no need to. He's, still young in his career and it would just be ideal to put him against competitive middleweights like honestly you could probably put him with like guys like Chidi and Chikawani or Robocop or anywhere around the middling pack of middleweight give him another three wins around there and then by the time he's he'll be ready for the top 10 or even just the outside of the top 15 yeah no one's unranked fights Robocop might actually be good I don't think he's ranked is he I don't think so. Yeah, that might be a good matchup. Just because I, I want to see him fight higher level competition, but I forgot that he's like, on a, not until I get a new contract or whatever. So just kind of thinking down a little bit. Oh, yeah, well, he's got time. There's no need to rush him. Plus, if he does and he loses to a top 10 guy, he'll just be in the same place anyway. So might as well just get more experience while you're at it. Just get more ring time. Okay, so with that, let's get into the uh, main event. Uh, Bobby Green with a pretty decent upset KOs Grant Dawson at 33 seconds into round one. Uh, Flawless victory. 
he absorbed zero strikes. Uh, let's go to uh, Danger Mouse. <laughs> what can you say about it? Um, <laughs> Bobby came out, did his usual dancing around a bit with his arms low, and then caught him with that uh, switch stance, stepping uh, straight left, wasn't it? I think because he was. I think Bobby Green was roasting uh, MME Guru about it. I said he must must be blind if he thought it was a jab. <laughs> Your warden thought it was a jab too. He posted that shit. I saw it. I didn't call him out on it, but yeah, I saw, I saw the uh, the post. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, yeah, it, the fight lasted thirty three seconds. Obviously, mm-hmm. you can't say much about it. It was perfect, perfectly timed shot. Uh, obviously, hurt Dawson very badly. Dropped down, and Bobby was just jumped on top of him, and that was it. Game over. Pile the pressure on. Good night, Vienna. Nice easy night for Bobby. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what about you, Austin? I I thought Dawson was probably going to come in, make it a hard fight for Green, and Green was just going to have to survive and kind of throw a couple of hands, you know, skate against the cage like he normally does. He doesn't like to lead more often than not. He's usually a guy that's um, got his hands down so he can, you know, adjust easier when he's going from defensive grappling to, you know, throwing his hands. I I did not think it would be this outcome never crossed my mind. Not not even a little bit. I mean, he's he's got a he's got fast hands. He's got KO power, but I, this wasn't a possibility that I thought. I thought Grant was going to have the ability to kind of get inside before, um, not be better at the striking, but just clinch up against the cage and look for a uh, you know damaging uh, ground and pound after he takes him down looking for top position more often than not and just kind of wearing and tearing on him kind of like in the uh, Khabib sense, but that wasn't even offered because green basically lulled him into a weird, like false security and then just caught him with a counter. There's he literally led with the left hand, I think is what it was. I thought it was a, 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 a right because well, he was so quick. But I looked at it again in the replay. I'm like, oh, damn. He literally changed his stance and came back in with the left hand and fucking caught him. It was clean. You can't really say more about it because we didn't really get to see anything. It sucks for Dawson because he was on a goddamn win streak, except for the draw against yeah. Glenn, in which he almost got finished. And that wasn't even in the situation where he was striking with the guy. He just, he literally got caught uh, almost in a submission. And, you know, it, it's sad because he had momentum going into this. And now it's all out. out. There's no, he has to physically go back in, into the deep end of the pool and restart. And it's going to suck. He's young enough, but man, I don't know if you can rebuild real, uh, too quickly off of that either. Who, do, who does Bobby fight next then after that? Uh, oh, surely, surely the logical logical choice would be uh, Matt Frivola. Because Frivola beat um, Doba. Doba beat... <laughs> oh, you got, you got MMA math? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's got to be MMA math, isn't it? Yeah, uh, I don't know. I actually like... Uh, I then, think he's going to fight Hooker. Yeah, no. Doba could have Jalen Turner, Turner. Yeah, I mean... I see how your math, I see how those fights make sense, but I think uh, Green might want bigger names, and like both Moicano and Hooker want to fight with him. And uh, I think yes Hooker's a bigger name. Well, they should take the Hooker, hooker fight then. Hooker's I think that's ranked. a bad matchup for him. 
Very light. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think it's a fun fight that I'd like to see. I don't want to see either of those guys lose, but like uh, they were tweeting about it on social media last night. That makes sense. Dawson was ranked number 10, so and Hook is ranked number 9 right now. Yeah, yeah. Okay, there we go. Yeah, because he just beat Tony, even though he poked him in the eye, but that's fine. Um, he he gets a win over Dawson, who I don't think he had a win over a top 10 fighter either. So him getting a win against uh, Grant Dawson doesn't do too much except put him in the rankings, which is great. Um, if he fights Dan Hooker, beats Dan Hooker, he's on a three-fight win streak against notable names. That's not easy to do in this division. Well, Grant Dawson was kind of a big name. He had, or not like a big name, but he had a good amount of hype coming in. But um, no, he wasn't. He was notable. That's the kind of guy you want to avoid because you know it's a tough fight. Yeah, I think he was overrated as hell. That's why I kind of went with Bobby Green. <laughs> I didn't think the fight would go like that. I actually kind of thought uh, Dawson might win, but I thought Green had a shot, and I didn't expect to go that fast. But like, you know, Dawson went to a draw, and I think you know he got ten aided against Ricky Glenn who's like a big featherweight. And um, people were all talking about what he did to Demir Ismagulov, but I actually think Demir is... That was, that was a thing. Well, I think Demir like, is like really overrated. Cause I, like, nah, he, he just... He's coming off of losing to Armin, which is what started that. And then, Armin sucks, though, dude. That's what I've been saying. It all comes back to Armin. No, no, it all comes back to Armin's not oh that good. God. So the God loss to Armin is actually not... That, like, it was a close fight. That's actually oh not God. that impressive because we determined oh, okay. in previous podcasts that Armin sucks. He, so people he are over like looking at he's by definition very competitive and very good. But it's neither here nor there. Neither here nor there. Um I'm thinking if you're gonna put Dawson against anybody, you gotta put him up against um maybe Turner or you put him up against uh Frivola if um Frivola loses his next fight. Maybe, I, I don't know. Like, there's not a whole lot of upside to losing this way. And then even also losing to um, a guy that wasn't in the top 10. So, it sucks. But, you know, it is what it is. It's a fucking shark take of a division. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So, um, let me ask you this, uh, Austin. Do you have any big takeaways from this card or anything that you learned? Anything surprised you? Um, realistically, there's not this, this main event did surprise me, but if I'm thinking about it, no, there wasn't a whole lot that you can take from this fight night and be like, Oh damn, I'm excited for what their next fight is. Bobby green is probably the only one. And even then it's like, well, we have to see how the rest of the division plays out, you know, cause there, there was matchups. Now there's a couple like the rumored, uh, Armin Sarukian versus Benil Dariush. Justin just won against Dustin Poirier, Michael Chandler's MIA until he figures out if he's fighting, you know, Connor or not. And that's stupid on his behalf. Um, not because of the opportunity that it can bring him possibly if Connor does choose to fight him, but because he's basically sitting out a year and then even more possibly. So it's just not, if he was looking to get a payday, he better get that payday now. Otherwise, there was no point to him sitting out for the uh, amount of time that he has been. Whereas, you're looking at Charles and Islam looking at a rematch, you know, and I there's no upside in the division for that because, A, the first fight was non-competitive. B, if it does go, it's going to, if Charles does get the upset win, 
it is going to be a trilogy that comes after that. And that's not going to be anytime soon. Uh, what about you, uh, Danger Mouse? Do you have any takeaways? Uh, not really, I don't think. Um, mm. Like I said, Buckley looked quite good at 170. Yeah, I'll be looking forward to seeing what happens next with him. Do you have any matchups for Buckley you'd like to see at 170? I guess there's always a Kevin Holland fight on Neil Magny. Oh, I like that Kevin Holland matchup. They haven't fought yet, have they? They have at middleweight. Oh. Uh, you can do it again, though. You can do it again. Yeah. It's a different weight. Why not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that all Michael Chiesa, I guess? Yeah, that's kind of fun. If Chiesa comes back from well, that devastating loss he took from Holland. Yeah. All oh, right. So you know, you, uh, I was going to say real quick. Go ahead. About, uh, you could put him against uh, Jeff uh, Neal. Mm. That's he actually Bale, a fun I don't matchup. Think he, I don't think he's booked right now. Mm. Jeff that's Neal? Hell, yeah, it's a hell of a jumping competition, though. But Jeff Neal's ranked eight. Oh, yeah. That's oh, shit, yeah. I mean, that's a fun fight, but... Yeah, maybe, you know, maybe that's too soon. Yeah. Holland, Magni, and Chiesa are all, that's 13, 14, and 15. They're perfectly reasonable, that competition. That's fair. Maybe Fluffy Hernandez after his next fight, if he doesn't no, move up in the rankings too much. That's a middleweight. Oh, shit, that's right. That's right. He doesn't look hmm. like a middleweight, but he's, you know. <laughs> yeah. All right, so... Uh, with that, uh, you guys have any other news or business you want to attend to? Um, no, not not that I'm aware of, at least uh, other than, um, you know, Bellator probably not getting a whole lot of um, views on some of their stuff. Because they had, I think, a package that they just put out, I think, if I'm not mistaken, for some of their fighters uh, on their YouTube channel. And it was getting like like a decent amount of views, but nothing like some of the other stuff that they would usually put out i don't know if that correlates or not but i, I haven't checked it as a play it was uh after last night usually they do like the you know fighter you know interviews they put the videos in there and then they put the videos of uh, uh finishers uh, finishes from fighters on the card uh previously um or like highlights of the night you know it wasn't a whole lot of views so i don't know all right uh We'd like to close up our uh, weekly show with uh, Discord shout-outs or YouTube shout-outs, podcast shout-outs. And um, this week, I'm going to go first. I'm going to kind of go a different direction. I want to shout-out myself, uh, Super Dave Hairtax, <laughs> for just an incredible job with uh, picks this week. Um, we're in a MMA Discord with, like, all kinds of members. Like, there's so many people picking on the fights. It's ridiculous. Countless numbers of people pick these fights. And there was only one person that picked Bobby Green, and that was me. So, great job. And also, I'd like to get to this other pick, uh, Nate Manas. Everyone, like, no one was into him. Like, most, I think and four people ended up picking him, but, like, no one was into him. And I said, you know, they're both going down to uh, 125 for the first time. Uh, his previous losses were against Russian killers. Like, you're sleeping on it. So I convinced people to change. and. Uh, so some people join me in that win. And so I think that just der- deserves to be recognized that the two biggest uh, upset picks um, I did. So 
good job to me, and I hope to keep up that success in the future. Uh, <laughs> how about you, uh, Danger Mouse? You got uh, a shout out? I, I might have backed your pick up for uh, Dave as uh, you know the Discord member of the week, but I seem to remember him making a really, really dumb uh, comparison to. Uh, Colby and Justin Gaethje uh, as regards deserving in their next title shots. So I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to say no to Dave on that one. <laughs> so yeah, fuck it, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, we'll go for a neg rather than a, a positive. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Anytime. Would you take a segment run with it? There it is. Austin. You know what? I do have two. Shout out to Joe Piper. Do you like Joe Piper? Mm-hmm. Joe Piper. Do you like Joe Piper? Anywho, uh, shout out to that dude for wanting to get better contracts, uh, even if he is Dana's boy and Dana still admires him and he knows what he wants and he's able to say, good for you. You're able to, you know, cart, uh, chart your own course on your career. But more mm-hmm. fighters need to do more often. Um, secondly, Shout out to Bobby Green, who now probably may have to adjust how he drives and not leave his car hood uh, window open and uh, possibly lose $20,000 because he decided to leave the hood of the car. Oh, no, I'm sorry, not the hood. The sunroof open. So, you know, note to self, don't ever leave $20,000 in a bag, ever, unattended. What's the sunroof open? He literally left it. Yeah, he just left the sunroof open. So you know, though, that had crying. to be, I think that's an inside job because I don't think people just go around looking through sunroofs and snatching bags. Yeah, that happens. I mean, usually if you leave your door, well, that's the thing where it's like you, if you know there's like carjackings or not carjackings, but people going through your shit in your car, instead of having to replace a window, people just leave their doors unlocked. And, you know, the whoever comes around usually just kind of moseys through see if there's anything worth taking they'll take it and if it, you know it's missing you just kind of report it stolen but like usually it's because like nobody wants to pay to have their car fixed because it's more expensive <laughs> than the shit that they're taking more often than not so i mean except for twenty thousand dollars being you know missing that's just stupid where was he when he was robbed was he in vegas no maybe i'm i'm not sure I think he was driving around giving out money to people or some weird shit. No, I think he was, he, he generally he was trying to like, well, I mean, he, I think he had that, I think he likes to have the money on him. I think ever since that whole uh, debacle with the head spearing. <laughs> so I think he, he's just, he, he'd rather not have to worry about the money uh, being uh, not on hand. So, I mean, but that's just the case where it's like, well, then you keep it on you at all times. <laughs> $20,000, man. I'm not leaving that shit anywhere. I wonder if you can file an insurance claim for that. You probably can. But, again, I it's just dumb. <laughs> It'll be yeah. hard to get that money back. Yeah. <laughs> and with that, we will close up Just Believe Radio, Episode 8, where we covered Bellator 300 and Grant Dawson versus Bobby Green. This has been uh, Super Day Fairtax with Austin. Yeah. Austin? Yeah. yeah thank Say you. Goodbye. Goodbye. And uh, Danger Mouse. Bye. You all have a great one. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely so. What's up? (laughs) 
Not me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. 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 Yeah.